the following podcast is intended for adult audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The Iron Realm, Chapter 90, A Bone, A Stone. Solus was at first rejected by the Brayman when he attempted to approach them. But what had interested him was the fact that they spoke his language. He tried to ask about Celeste, and he was further intrigued when they looked to one another and laughed, as if they knew something, but they didn't say more, and told him to leave their presence. Having no other choice at that moment, Solus did so, but tailed them as they wandered across the plains, and they knew he was out there, but they ignored him completely, and Solus kept his distance. The next time he came to them, he was chased off again, and the third time, all eight of the demon fae teleported away from him. A few days later, Solas happened upon the Brahmin again by chance, and he knew not to approach them this time. Again they were aware of him, but they, like him, had no need to sleep, and therefore tolerated him, since there was not a chance for him to ambush them during sleep, and because there were eight of them, and only one of him. Without any other lead to Celeste, Solus decided that his best chance was to somehow convince the Brahmin to speak with him, to tell him what they knew. They seemed to be natives of this world, and so he could learn a great deal from them, if he could only befriend them. Each seemed terrible to look upon, with fangs, and deep red skin, and curling horns. But they were also conversational, and highly social with one another, telling stories and tales, and laughing into the wind in ways that reminded Solus of his tribe. <laughs> I welcome you this night, travelers, for it is I, your maze master, Abelenzo, returning to you with the 90th tale from the Iron Realm. <laughs> of course, don't forget, if you want more podcasts, there are several locked inside the Onyx Vault, which cannot be heard any other way. Find them at patreon.com slash theironrealm, and enjoy the rest of what your Maze Master has to offer. Will Solas find a way to learn what the Bremen know about Celeste? <laughs> Listen on, traveler. The answer on tonight's episode, the 90th episode of the Iron Realm. The Iron Round, copyright A. Lenzo, is an extreme reimagining of the fantasy setting. Today's podcast features selected audio by Kevin McLeod, which can be heard unedited and in full at incompetent.com. Further information can be found 
under this episode's summary at theironrealm.com and theironrealm.blogspot.com. Tribal Matters. By Solus's rough reckoning, it is the 120th day in the Grumark's domain when he first encounters the Bremen. They are in the red fields, taking the grain for themselves, chatting and laughing. And Solus does approach them in the hopes of making contact. The dice have shown that neither group is surprised. But Solus has won the higher initiative, and he decides to use it in negotiation with them. He calls out to them in Manish, and as it turns out, the Bremen speak this as well. There is a negative one applied to the reaction roll, because Solus is not of their kind. Please, have you seen my friend? However, the fighter does have a charisma bonus also, which I am factoring in. The dice... 2d6. Uh, with modifiers, the result is a 5. The Bremen are not particularly receptive towards Solus and warn him away. Yet Solus tries again, so two more dice are rolled. Uh, adding it up, we now have a 10. And the Bremen seem at least slightly curious as Solus asks about Celeste. She's human, like me, but a little smaller. They are listening now, and Solus gets a final roll to see if he can get them to divulge anything that may help him. Two dice. A six is rolled. Minus one for the Bremen's hostility, and a bonus of one for Solus's charisma. In the end, the Bremen tells Solus to go away. And because there are several of them, Solus has no choice but to comply. I'm going to say that Solus does not depart the Red Fields entirely, taking his time to further explore the area and to try to determine more about what it is that the Bremen value here. Some more dice over the next five days as Solus continues to explore. Over this time, Solus has acquired red grain for himself in the manner in which the Bremen collected it. In fact, he passes near to their camp several more times, though he keeps his distance for a while, and they eye him from afar too, in case he should decide to try anything. The next day, Solus approaches their camp again, this time bringing two handfuls of red grain in hopes of trading it to them for a conversation. Perhaps we can be of service. I'm rolling the dice. Oh! The result is a two. The Bremen are immediately hostile, and Solus is chased away from them. Again. Additional dice for the day. Solus encounters no other creatures and gains no other clues. The Bremen didn't respond especially well when Solus brought the green. 
and it has not proven to be the bargaining chip with them that he hoped it would be. Over the next day, and the next day, Solas tells them the best he can, keeping his distance, but trying to understand what it is that they are doing in the fields. He wonders if some grain has greater value, more prized perhaps, more worth collecting, and I'm going to give him an intelligence check to determine it. Alas, no, a 19 is too high. Solus is not able to make any sense of this. More dice for the hexes that he passes through. Okay, making adjustments as he goes and noting no further creatures during this time. Then the next day comes, and Solus takes another try, going into their camp. He has his hands up in a gesture of peace, and let's have a roll. Another two! The Brahmin clearly don't want further contact, and this time, they have teleported away. 85 points each for the Brahmin. And I think I'm going to triple the award for three encounters with them so far. I'm going to make some further rolls as Solus further explores some of the hexes in the area. Aside from the red fields, there are some forested areas and some marshlands, and I'm going to note them all down on my map as he goes, rolling all the way for changes in the terrain and for clues he may find and for hints of creature encounters. Let's do some additional rolls. Okay, ten more days have passed, with a creature indicated as Solus is passing through the red fields again. Hmm, let's see. I'm going to say there's a 50% chance that Solus will actually encounter the Brahmin again here. If that roll doesn't indicate Brahmin, I'll roll on the general roaming creatures chart. Instead, here comes the roll. And yes, Solus has encountered the Brahmin one more time. By now, Solus has realized that he's not going to really be able to approach the Brahmin easily. This is going to take some finesse, and he attempts it like this. I'm going to say that he stays within sight of the Brahmin over the next, hmm, let's say 20 days, allowing them to become used to his presence. And he tries to make peace with them further by leaving them a portion of grain routinely once a day. He lays this down on the outskirts of their camp and backs away as a tribal acknowledgement of their claim to this territory. I'm rolling some dice. Over 20 days. Oh, interesting. A Kroger has appeared. Rolling the dice again. There's just one. Solus encounters it in the fields. He will be confronted as he makes his way through the stocks. Let's do a surprise roll. The Kroger is not surprised, and Solus, also not surprised. Initiative, the Kroger, a four, and Solus, a five. 
Solus has the Sword of Heaven out quickly. As he swings it at the Kroger, he delivers nine points upon it, slaying the beast instantly before anything else can occur. That's ten level points for the Kroger. Well, I wouldn't be surprised if this has impressed the Brain too. They certainly have their eyes on him as Solus fells the intruder to their territory. Having gained their interest, Solus seizes upon the opportunity and decides to approach their camp once again. This time he sees that they are playing a game. An interesting game that involves a number of mystical, yet seemingly common, objects. Each Freeman conceals one in his hand, displaying it to the others at the last moment, with some objects being more valuable and others less as each round of the game passes. The game has been paused during Solus's battle with the Kroger, but now as Solus comes down to their camp, some of them have resumed play, and Solus is allowed to sit down amongst them and watch from some distance for a while. Solus considers the game and ultimately asks them if he can play, knowing that this would be an opportunity to further gain their trust and bond with them, hopefully enough at least, to discover what they know, if anything, about Celeste. I'm going to give him a bit of a bonus this time, an additional bonus of two for the daily gifts that he's been leaving, as well as his ferocious bravery well received against the Kroger. Two dice are rolled, and this time, the final result is an 11. The Bremen appear at least willing to listen to him, somewhat, but it's clear still that they may need additional convincing. I'm going to give it another roll. Everything adds up to a five. <laughs> These Bremen are a hard sell. I don't know if they'll ever let Solus into their circle. Solus makes one more attempt. And the roll is a six. Boosted to an eight. And the Bremen have rejected him again, telling him that he doesn't have the required pieces to play. 85 points per Bremen for this, the fourth Bremen encounter. Solus treks off on his own for a few days in order to determine what his next step is. But all the while, each day, I'll be rolling for further clues in case he can determine anything else with regards to Celeste and whether she has passed through this area or whether Solus can have any further insight regarding her. I think I'm going to roll for another six days and let's see what we come up with. There are no further roaming creatures discovered, although Solus eventually loops back to see if the Bremen tribe is still present, and he resolves at last to make one more attempt at entering their game, but in order to do so, he's going to have to acquire all the pieces, and before he can do that, I'm going to have to give him an intelligence check to see if he can recall them all. A d20. A four! Solus knows that the gaming pieces required are a bone, a stone, a thorn, a horn, a claw, and a paw. I'm going to factor this into his daily rolls for searching in order to see if he can acquire all the pieces he needs 
Of course, this isn't without risk, for every day that passes also increases the chance that Solus may encounter some other creature as well. Let's have some rolls. It looks like ten more days have passed as Solus at last acquires the last of the objects he needs to play this game. As he's circled through several of the neighboring hexes, he's managed to come back to the red fields each time, ultimately finding the camp of the Brahmin again. This episode includes the incredible audio of Jason Peck. Jason, I thank you for your contribution used with permission to the Iron Realm. May the greatest of victories be showered upon you in all your journeys. Real Roleplay Raymond spent each day in the fields, taking the red grain into their possession, and afterwards, after hours of this, they would sit together and review the takings. Solus presumed that the grain had some value, and he did not know exactly what, for the Brahmin, like him, seemed not to ever eat. Solus created several makeshift pouches from the cloak of Celeste, simple squares of fabric, roughly cut with his sword, and then tied at the top to close it with a strip of that same fabric. It was possible to secure these two to a strap of his scabbard, and this he did, gathering the red grain day by day as the Brahmin did, watching them from some distance and mimicking their movements which amused them. Sometimes now Solus would be allowed to approach more closely, and he was especially fascinated by a certain game they played when the work was done. It was called A Bone, A Stone, and it involved the interaction of several common objects. All the Brahmin would play it, until finally at the end, there would be two winners who would split the ante that had been thrown in, and it seemed that this would usually be the red grain. I'd like to play, said Solis at one such sitting, and the Brahmin found this amusing too. With what? said one of the Brahmin, and another said, You don't have anything human. No bone, no stone, no horn, no thorn. Go away and leave us be after which the rest of them laughed and taunted him. Solus realized then that the first prerequisite for any participant was to have his own playing pieces. He had seen them all, he believed, by watching several games. Using one of his pouches, he took time each day to collect what he needed, reciting their words in his head as he went. A bone, a stone, a thorn, a horn, a claw, and a paw. The stone was the simplest, and he had this almost straight away. He came upon a thorn while collecting the red grain one day, and the others he had to hunt for. 
of everything. The horn was the hardest, for not only did he have to hunt for it, but also the horn had to be small enough to conceal within his hand. At last he accomplished this, fighting a small horned monkey, which he was able to lure in with some fruit and then kill. He had tried not to wander too far from the nomads, and he tracked after them in the direction he had last seen them. For a time he wondered if they might have teleported again, but he was still able to find their trail, footprints with clawed toes, and it led him to their camp beneath the copse of trees, for by this time, and over the last several days, they and he had found their way into the woods. With a look of triumph on his face, Solus approached them once more, this time in the midst of their game, and they glared at him, though some were amused and some were curious. Solus opened his hand and showed the pieces, for he had all six of them now. You don't even know how to play, said the first Brayman with a sneer. Teach me, said the fighter. Character 8 When Solus approaches the Brayman tribe, they send him away at once, since they expect that he has nothing to trade. Ultimately, Solus is able to coax them into a conversation, however, by entering into their unusual game. If you are playing the Character 8 campaign, you may attempt to play the game as well. The game! The game! As each round progresses, when Solus is called upon to make a choice, you may do so as well, according to the rules of a bone, a stone. In this case, you are allowed to play, even if Solus is not your shared fate counterpart. Just like Solus, you will need to learn the rules of the game by playing it. You will be given hints at each step. Should you best the Brayman at their own game, you shall be given a reward which can be used in the Character 8 campaign. But if you're not playing along, <laughs> why don't you get in on the fun anyway? Indeed, if you win, even if you're not playing Character 8, I'll give you the reward anyway, in case you do decide to start playing. <laughs> the reward offered will start you off with a bang on the Iron Realm Character 8 Solitaire Campaign. Let's begin. The Brayman sit in a circle, and Solus sits down too. Each Brayman and Solus has a small cloth pouch in which are stored the various playing pieces of the game. Each of the eight Brayman secretly pull an object out of the pouch, concealing it next within his hand. Once this has happened, they all begin shaking their closed fists and chanting, A bone, a stone, a bone, a stone, and then they throw their hands open. Solus is allowed to have chosen either of two objects for the first round, either a bone or a stone. Which did you pick? Give your answer now. A bone, a stone, a 
stone. A bone. A stone. Two of the Bremen hold out bones, but the rest of them hold out stones. Since the majority choice was stone, stone, then picking a stone results in a win. I win! Solus incorrectly picks bone, but the Bremen have allowed him to proceed with the game anyway. Seeing as this is his first time, and they don't want the fun to end too quickly. Give it another try, if character 8 failed to pick stone, then you are given a second chance as well. But this is the last time a further failure and you will lose the game. The two Bremen who picked incorrectly are required to leave the circle and each throws a measure of red grain into the center upon departing. Meanwhile, the next round begins. This time, another object is added to the choices and any one of these can be taken and concealed in the coming round. A bone, a stone, or a thorn. Solus can choose any one of these, and Character 8 can, as well. Give your answer now. A bone, a stone, a bone, a stone. This time, none of the Bremen chose stone, three chose a thorn, and the rest chose bone. If Character 8 chose stone, then he or she has lost the game since this was the minority pick. As for Solus, he has chosen Thorn. If Character 8 chose Thorn, like Solus, or else chose Bone, then his or her choice is in the majority now and forces three more Bremen out of the circle. Each of the losers must drop a share of red grain into the center as the game plays on. In the next round, there are four players remaining, including Solus, and any of four objects may now be chosen, bone, stone, thorn, or horn. If you are still in the game, go ahead and make your choice now. As four hands come open, it is seen that one Brayman has chosen horn, while two have chosen stone. If character eight is still in the game and has chosen stone, then this is the winning choice, forcing one of the Brayman out. Really know how if character 8 shows horn, then this round is a draw, and no one needs to leave the circle. This time, this is what Solus did. He chose horn, resulting in a draw, and continuing two to the next round. On the other hand, if character 8 did not choose stone, and did not choose horn, then character 8 has lost. On to the next round. In this round, a new object is added, and any one of these can be chosen by those who are still in the game. Bone, stone, thorn, horn, or claw. The time to choose has arrived. A bone, a stone, a bone, a stone. The remaining players throw, revealing their objects, and it can be seen that two Bremen, winking at one another, have chosen the same object, bone. Putting bone in the majority. Anyone who hasn't chosen bone is forced out of the circle now, losing the match, but Solus has chosen the same object and can proceed to the next round of the game. That's not even legal! Solus looks around the circle, seeing two Bremen left. 
All objects are now in play for the final round, and these are revealed to be the following. Bone, stone, thorn, horn, claw, and paw. A few more rounds are played amongst them, resulting in several three-way ties. Each round, Solas hangs on, choosing horn, then claw, then paw, but knows the game will only end when two of the players can force out the third. At last, the final round comes to pass. Solas has been paying close attention to each Brayman, fingering his pouch, and is fairly sure he knows what object he is going to need in order to win. His instincts say it will be either Thorn or Paw. If Character 8 is still in the game as well, it is time to make your final choice now. The two Brayman reveal their objects at the same time. If Character 8 chose Paw, or if he has chosen Bone, then either way, Character 8 has forced a majority and ejected the third player from the game, sharing the win with the remaining Brayman. But any other choice creates another draw, followed by an additional round in which both Brayman finally win by presenting the same object against that chosen by Character 8, ejecting Character 8 from the game. As for Solas, he has failed to win his first game of A Bone, A Stone. If Character 8 has won it, you may claim 10 ranks of renown for your sacred writ, noting alongside these that they were earned by besting the Brayman at their own game. When Solus returns, he is ultimately allowed into their game, after all. And when the game is done, even though it has been determined that Solus has lost it, he has gained enough respect from the Brayman to open negotiations once again for any information that they may have on Celeste. I'm going to allow Solus a plus two yet again to any of the negotiation roles and a further plus two because Solus is offering the Sword of Heaven if they can offer any help to him in finding Celeste. Two dice. A five and a three makes an eight. And this is boosted to a twelve. The negotiation has been successful. And the Brayman tells Solus that they indeed spotted Celeste far away in the mountains and by their power of teleportation they are willing to take him there as a part of the bargain but they do not want his sword 
they're asking for something greater. This time, they want his memories. Having no other choice, Solus offers them a memory of Celeste. And if these Brayman happen to be psionic in nature, he so can accept what he has given. Although no adjustment to character eats character sheet, if he is your shared fate counterpart, must be made to account for these lost memories. It is necessary to strike any red grain from your record that you may have, but you are also allowed to add gaming pieces to your record for the game called A Bone, A Stone. These are the pieces described earlier and contained within a small pouch. As for Celeste's cloak, Solus wears it tied around his waist from here on in. For the successful negotiation, 85 level points per Brayman go into Solus's level point pool. And after this, Solus is teleported to position 8-4, the mountainous region of the Grumark's domain, where the Brayman begin to lead Solus through this rocky territory where the world sways below them and the air is desperate and thin. So if you haven't done so yet, why don't you go join the premium experience too? Find out ways to get the pre-releases, the Iron Realm Patron bonus cast, and early releases of every episode of the show. You may find it's easier to become a supporter of the show than you ever thought possible, with rewards surpassing even the wildest imaginings of your fevered dreams. Patreon.com slash The Iron Realm. I'm looking forward to meeting you there. I have been your maze master, Abel Enzo. Remember, play hard or go home. Iron Realm! Good night, everyone.